0: Hello everybody, it's Dan Proudman and David Redden with a rather large and um, all-encompassing podcast to talk about a quite extraordinary weekend of cricket. Without any further ado on the Proud and Redders podcast, the star of the show, the great man Dan Proudman. Hello Proudo. <laughs> the
1: star. You're the star, David. I'm well, mate. Um, yeah. Big weekend of cricket. Three significantly big days of cricket, wasn't there? Saturday, Sunday, Monday.
0: Massive, massive, massive. We're going to do these in chronological order, everybody. Um, and first of all, um, Newcastle District Cricket Association. It seems so long ago to me. There's so much that's actually taken place <laughs> since Saturday, so true. Um, and yet this is only on the twelfth of February. Uh, round results: Belmont eight for one hundred and forty-five compulsory closure, defeated by Waratah, who made three for one hundred and forty-seven. In in two games that were verging on bizarre, the score lines: Toronto all out fifty-three, Wests two for fifty-seven. And the players could have been on the first at Charlestown and Merriweather at 2 o'clock that game finished so early. Mm. Then, and then in another odd game, Cardiff made 7 for 51 compulsory closure of 30 overs and Charlestown got them 1 for 51 down. Uh, interesting. We'll talk about that. Um, in a game that has interesting permutations from Merriweather and Hamwicks, Merriweather made 5 for 175 and Hanwick's got them right at the death. With the Sam Werber Masterclass, um, Hamwick's finishing seven for 179. Uni turned one on, and I want to talk about uni because this this is really interesting. If they get in the four, they could be dangerous. Four for 274, Dan. And I reckon that's the biggest score anyone's made. It'll go very close in these 45 other games. Hamilton, uh, Ham- Newcastle City and Hamilton, we can play a big game recently, but that's very close. Walls End made 97 in reply. And then Newcastle City made 93 allowed against Stockton, and Stockton got them three down. First game, look at Belmont and Waratah. Pretty good win for Waratah, really. They restricted Belmont to to 845, as has been the case in recent times. Joey Gillard and Cam Clary is the bulk of the runs. 45 for Joey, 31 for Cam. Josh McTaggart, three for and the two Taylors, two for each. And Faber and Kern made hundred runs undefeated for Waratah in a pretty comfortable win, uh three down. That's actually quite a good win for Waratar Mayfield. Um Prado?
1: Yeah, it is, mate. Uh, but as we've as we've pointed out the last few weeks, Belmont have definitely improved since Christmas. And um I yep. I don't think Jerry Gillard's missed out all year, has he? If he has, he's probably only once. He's um he continues to be one of the form bats. And although he's not making big scores, he's he's getting forty plus almost every week, I think, at the moment. He's still what, seven stones? so
0: yeah, he's, he's playing in the under seventeen in the under seventeen side at the nineteenth challenge at Ra- Raby this week, actually. So um he's uh, still that age, that's right. And he's got another year of Colts left. So he's still a very young man.
1: Yeah, yeah. Re- re- really good. But f- fantastic win for Waratah. Probably, you know, in the same position and the same chat as we had last week. They're probably too far back. But um, um yeah, they've just got to continue to win and see what happens, I suppose.
0: Um, that, that's all you can say. I'm just going into the batting averages at the moment just to have a look at them while you're talking about that, Dan. I'll, I've got a whole stack of pages open. So, yeah, in Newcastle cricket at the moment, um, Reese Handlon's made six, uh, sorry, 378 runs and Joey Gillard's made 354. So he is second in the run scoring. So the top five... Ben Egan from your own Merriweather's has made 270 on um, Dan Chillingworth 280, Michael Richardson 286, and that's why Charleston are playing good picket because their top order's really starting to find. And Dan Arms is six with 275, Joey Gillard 354, and Reese is on his own on 378. So, sure shows what kind of year Dan, um, Joey's had, has, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Prosecutes our point very, very well taken. <laughs>
0: In a quite amazing scoreline, to be honest, and probably not one that Toronto will want to look at very, very uh, with much with much relish. Toronto made fifty three all out um, against Wests at uh, at Harker, and Aaron Bills and Joey Price took all ten wickets between them. Aaron Bills seven for eighteen, and Joey Price three for twenty four, and then Joey came out and made forty one off a lazy twenty odd balls, and West got them in a almost, what's the word I'm trying to say, Dan, here? Um, Almost a non-competitive game of cricket. I know that sounds terrible, but that's just a complete and utter shellacking. Billsy must have had it on a string. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be unpleasant, but that's what it is.
1: Well, it's exactly what it is. I mean, they didn't get on until midday too. They'll finish by past one. So I reckon that'd have to be close to the, the quickest game of cricket that first grade's so, you know, at least in the last 15 years that I can recall. And I mean, I understand West will just take the points and run. Um, I just don't know whether they thought about club championship points as well. I mean, you know, with that much cricket still left in the day, um, I know you're sort of, you know, the last thing you want to do is get anyone injured bowling in a, you know, within a second innings or batting in a second innings when there's no need to. And, you know, um, obviously, Kingy can do whatever he likes. Um, but yeah, they got him in seven and a half overs two down, you just wonder whether it was, I don't know, maybe they just had enough, maybe it was wet, maybe we, we knew the rep guys had to get off, maybe you just gave everyone an early mark, freshening them up for the next couple of weeks so I'm not going to double guess what Kinney's got to say, but interesting.
0: It's interesting you say club championship points to and to West plays at Barrel, their second grade was one of the only two second grade games they got on and they their last and they won, so guess who West play in the last round of the two, of the two days Toronto Wrong. Again. Wrong. So I would suggest you there's a fair chance there might be a little bit longer game there with 20 wickets in the offing, uh, yeah. would be what I'm thinking. That's for club championship. I don't think there's any doubt the West off in his minor premier. I don't think there's any doubt of the world. Mm. In another interesting game of cricket that was reduced to 30 overs aside, Cardiff, seven for 51 off 30 overs. Daniel standing three for seven. Isaac Wallace, two for 17. And Charles got also got these runs quite quickly, one for fifty-two with Dan Arms making a, a very quick and, and handy thirty-seven not. But again, Dan, I, I know that the wickets would have had a bit in them, but you would have thought that fifty—that more than fifty—one was possible in thirty overs. Is that an unfair question?
1: No, I don't think it's unfair at all. You're right. There was at some points there was under thirty mil fill here on Thursday. Fair.
0: Friday night, wasn't
1: it? Friday. Friday. Um, so, you know, they could, could have well have been very juicy. I actually didn't ask Dan or any, or Shelly or anyone on Sunday about it. But yeah, um, 50 off 30 compulsory clothes. It, it sort of did sort of raise my eyebrows a little bit when I saw it. But it could have been wet, there could have been anything in it. But yeah, another significant win for Charles Sand um, cements them in the four again for the moment. Um, and like, I think we've been saying this since. Before Christmas, that that last round game between Meriwether and Charlestown, I think it may well prove to be who falls into the four and who doesn't.
0: Well, I've done a ladder predictor, which I'm going to talk to you about. And I've got that game being the most pivotal game of the season. I will talk through, explain what I've done, trying to be neutral objective, which is hard when you're actually involved with one of the clubs. Yeah who's in there, but that's our, our job to try and look at things reasonably fairly. You yeah. know, what was clearly the best game of the cricket of the, week, of, of the weekend, actually, it was a superb game. Meriwether, 5 for 175. The Kings, 75. Tom McDevitt, good to see him making runs again. 39. Mayo Nays, uh, 28. And Dave Sellep also, 28. Pretty good uh, performance with the bat, really. Uh, I was speaking to Dan, he said, pretty it was pretty handy. And then Sam Webber turned back the clock. He's done this so many times for Hamwicks in the past. Hamwick's in early trouble, and they got them seven for 179 late. Um, I think Ben Balkham said they'd lost them overs when we were speaking I don't yeah. think that game was it played towards its full, a complete completion with overs. Samus Hullivan and Tom O'Neill, two, uh, Tim O'Neill two for two for each. And an extraordinarily important win for Hamwick stand. And now I don't think you finished this game off. Had you left at a certain stage or did you stay?
1: Well, I actually started, I was waiting to get picked up, but I actually watched the end of it. So, and like I said to a couple of the guys, we, I know barbecued is a good term that's used a lot in cricket. Yep. We didn't barbecued on Saturday. We got webbed on Saturday. <laughs> um, went Very and good. And said, Thank you. And um, Sam, remember, he's done it to us a lot over the last 15 years. In fact, there was quite a few of the Merriweather old boys, once I heard Sam was going alright, actually turned up at Townsend to watch Sam play, not the Merriweather boys. Um so yeah, it was uh, reduced. So we we made five for one seventy five, which is probably about par, I suppose. Just um, and it rained as uh, lunch had started. It finished half hour early. So and we had another couple of quick, in, um, very quick rain interruptions. So they actually got him with two balls to spare. It was the second last ball when he got the runs. So um, what had obviously had occurred. Um, knowing that the overs were, were reduced in the way that the two-day rules work. Yes. I think Hamwicks knew that if they didn't lose anything early, um, they really had nothing to lose because they could shut up shop if, if things didn't go to plan. But in saying that, they were four for... Um, Not many. Four for 80. Um, and then the Weber boys went, uh, went to task and Matt battered beautifully as well, but some of Sam's bombs he had three bombs, two of them are the two biggest two of the biggest bombs I've seen at Townsend one was over sort of extra cover, it would have hit the top of the, the old green room, um, it was enormous.
0: Oh my goodness, that's huge
1: Yeah, obviously yeah Off and off Timmy O'Neill, it was enormous um, so yeah, uh, well deserved win for them throws them back into the four, throws Merriweather out of the four um, you know um, yeah, tremendous win by them
0: that's all you can say really isn't it um yeah um, we'll talk about that those permutations I think there are a lot of people that were looking around and may be glad that uni had a slow start to the season um, uni made four for 274 or 45 overs young Tyler cell opening in batting where he should be adding 56 Tom Fitzgerald 34 and then Andrew Harriet and, and uh, Matt gothrop were put on 253 sorry 153. Buddy, 109 off 71 with 13 and 5. And Matt Gorthrop, who's, I think, quite a technically good batsman, f- 55 off 33 with 1 and 6 bombs. Um, uh, the Pat McGann and, and G-Cott got two, two wickets each. Pat copped some tap at the, at the back end and, of course, showed some ticker and ended up bowling 17 overs there. But what a score that is. And Wall's End, no chance, 97, especially with Cooper Lennox getting a first ball off from big bad Tom O'Neill. And Joe Hart won the figures there, three for none off two overs. Interestingly, Tom O'Neill, three for 20. And Nathan Hudson, who I think is going to play a big part in the last couple of um, games, three for 31. But that is a hiding. And as I said, Uni not without a chance of making the finals, Dan, and that sort of performance would have made a lot of a lot of people around take up look up and take notice because their batting lineup: Self, it's Gerald, Lowell, Harriet, Hudson, Gorthrop, Joey Hart, not even batting. That's not a bad batting lineup at all. No,
1: it doesn't. And and, and such fogging obviously also increases their percentage well too, which um that's right. A kick along as well with those last two games. They've got what they? they got Charleston City the last two games. Um, and you have to think on form that they, they can win both of those, can't they? The way they over two days. So um, yeah, it's definitely still in the mix. Um we do know that Wolves end for some reason and uh have been struggling pretty much since probably two or three weeks before Christmas, haven't they? The wheels have really yep. fallen there this year, um, unfortunately for them. Um and that's that'd be another disappointing effort for for But, um, yeah, they can only do what they can do. Um, Buddy's smoking them at the moment. And, uh, yeah, it's good to see Gorthrop getting a few with not many rocks as well. So, yeah, very dangerous coming into those last two rounds, University.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, uh,
1: four points off. Yeah, four points off fourth. They're four points off Hamwicks at the moment. So.
0: That's right. They have to win both and have other things go their way or take 20 wickets in one game. Stockton played Newcastle City. This is over at Lynn Oval. Um Stocko won the toss and sent Newcastle City in. Newcastle City off 44.2 overs, 93 all out. Rory Kellman's made 42. Um, young Harrison Alimes a gutsy 24 off 83. Hanging around, Lewis Hextall, 10 not out, making uh, putting in some time and some effort. And it was uh, the first, second and third change bowlers in the damage. Nick Foster, this is probably Groundhog Day, 18.2 overs, 4 for 21. Superb figures. Jared Humphrey's two for 23. And Daniel Foster, who's changed the ball left arm orthodox spin as he did when he was younger, three for 19. So the Foster brothers, seven for 40 of 29.2 overs. That's pretty convincing performance over there at Lynn. And after a few early flutters, Nick Foster made 26. Jeffy came in and finished the business 43 not out. Jeff in Stockton finished three for 99, with Campbell taking two for 30 out of 8.4. Again, good for Stockton's quotient um, um, there, Daniel. But pretty much a standard win. Newcastle City struggling a little bit. And as you would without Angus McTaggart, Mitchell Nesbitt, and and, and um, Aidan Cahill not playing. Yeah. Um, makes yeah. it a bit difficult for them. But that's a good win for Stocko. Sorry?
1: And I think a couple of others too, by the looks of it. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. But um, Wolves have just fallen off since Christmas. So I think they've won one now, one out of six, I think it is. Had themselves in a really good spot at Christmas. And now they're going to, I think they're going to, struggle a fraction now, I think, uh, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it seems to be, I think we've spoken about it the last two seasons, Dan, haven't we, really, um, with uh, with City, that they've just, that they've fallen at the at the wrong times of the year, um, but anyway, that is what it is, they've got Hamwicks and Uni the last year round, so it's not going to get any easier for them too, and I, that's going to be very difficult for them to make a now, I think.
0: In my mind, there are six teams that can make the four, Dan. There's one team that will clearly finish minor premier, so that's West. So at the moment, the other five sides are playing to uh, finish second, third, and fourth. And the team that finishes fourth gets to play West on a Floody at Harker, which will be lots of fun. So West's on 62, Stockton 51, Charlestown 46, Hamwicks 45, Merriweather 44, and Uni 41. Um, And in my mind, they're the only teams that can actually make it. I've done a predictor here, Dan, and um, the the that Merriwether Charlestown game is the pivotal game. I've got Hanwick's making the four regardless, and I uh, no, I actually don't. I'll tell you, I'll, I, I do have them making the four, but I have predicated my ladder on something amazing happening this weekend. I think there's one team in the top six that has a team that. Are struggling, and that's Merriweather. And I personally think I've tipped them to get 20 wickets this game, and I think that they'll win outright. The problem I see for Merriweather, well, it's not so much of a problem, is that I think Charlestown and Hamwicks will both win. Um, and that makes things very interesting. And interestingly, that puts Stockton in a little bit of bother. Uh, if that happens, it puts them right, right on there, just on the edge of the four. In fact, they'll be one point ahead of Hamwicks, but um, I in the predictor I have, and I'm only going on form, uh, if Stockton turn around and beat West, then Stockton are fine. They're, they're pretty safe and will actually go close to playing a final at Lynn oval. That's right. But I, I've got the ladder finishing. Um, like, after this round, I've got uh, West on 68, Stockton 52, Charlestown 52, Hammix 51, Merriweather 54 and Uni 42, which knocks out Uni out of the contention. I think Charlestown, I'll beat them. That game's at Cahyba. And I just think Charlestown will win. That's just my opinion. We'll go through the fixtures in a minute. But that, Dan, I've done enough to bring it. I can't ask you to reveal too much. But is it unreasonable to think that Merriweather would certainly consider taking 20 weeks? I reckon I know who's batting first between Merriweather and Carter if it's if that they start on time. Put it that way.
1: Oh, I think it would be in the back of Josh Geary's mind for sure. I, think that, I mean, the first thing they've got to do, and I know it's a cliche, but they've got to make sure they win. Um First, and then worry about what happens the second week. What happens the second week, but it will definitely be in the back of his mind, I'm, I'm sure. Um, huge game now after after being webbered last week. Um, and yeah, yeah, um, Charlestown Uni, I think, is a toss of the coin to be honest. I've probably been, I suppose, the Charlestown guys and girls, Cath Pink's probably have a crack at me in the last round too. That I've, I've probably talked against them a little bit this year, and they've, I reckon, they probably have. Overachieved a bit as far as what I thought they'd, they'd, where they'd be at. Um, they've got some really talented young kids coming through and they've obviously got a very good leader in Dan Arms um, and um, Dan Chillingworth's obviously shown he's gone to that next level as well. Um, I thought with a couple of the guys that they've lost that they might have struggled a little bit more than they have. So I reckon where they've done a, a cracking job so far this year and i would be very surprised if they don't make the fall and I think probably the only way they won't make the fall is if Merriweather knock them over in that last round.
0: Look, I think that's right. If When I just went through the batting list, they've got three bikes in the top six. And for years, they've struggled to get runs in the top order. Chillingworth's had a mind-blowing season. I'll talk about him in the, in the plan about the plan B in a minute. This is going to be a late podcast for you, Redis, I tell you. But, <laughs> um, yeah, look, we'll go into those games now. I, I think Charles – on my ready reckoner here, I think that Charlestown will um, make the four. Um and it's going to come down to quotient. Stockton's quotient as a result of the weekend's pretty good, 1.375. Um, but let's go. That's the predictor. That's that's what we're talking about. Let's now go to the fixtures for this weekend, and they are massive. So let me just bring that up for you, and we'll go and have a look at the fixtures that are coming up this weekend. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. There's a couple of games that don't have much bearing on the finals, but there are some that have a massive bearing. This is two-day cricket, back to proper cricket, ladies and gentlemen, proper Newcastle two-day cricket. We haven't played much this year. Merriweather host Cardiff at Townsend. West host Stockton at Harker. City host Hamwicks at Learmonth. Charlestown play Union at Cahaiba. And the last two games don't have much influence on the uh, four unless Waratah win out, which I don't think they'll do. Waratah playing Belmont at Waratah, and Toronto host Walden at J.R. Ron Hill. Um... We've just been speaking about it for a while. That Merriweather-Cardiff game is massive. Merriweather, basically, everybody that's in and around the finals, and this is a dumb statement, but really need to concentrate on winning two games of cricket if they can. Yep. Um, this is one game that Merriweather, I think, will be very aggressive in. And that Merriweather bowling attack, and I know it's your club, but if you look at this objectively, it's a very, very good bowling liner. If you You've got... The two old fellows, the two spinners, um, sell up who's been outstanding this year, to quote a Dan Proudman word, and Tim O'Neill. And then you've got Cuddles' first change backing up the two Sams, including Newcastle's premier or rounder or alleged premier or rounder, Sam Holding. It's a very good bowling line and, and
1: And Jeremy Smith as well. Who's and probably, Jeremy Smith. So yeah,
0: there's six.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he's probably a little bit underrated, especially at Townsend too, because it seems to be playing a little bit low, which obviously brings in those... Hoop and left arm seamers and he bowls really, really into play. So um
0: very good sportsman, Jeremy Smith. Very handy footballer for Warners Bay Football Club as well. Very, very fine left footer. Um big, big game for Merriweather. Western yeah. Stock, yeah, it really is. And as I said, I, I believe that Merriweather will be targeting 20 wickets. Western Stockton's a massive clash. West getting tuned up for the finals, and they'll they as we know they'll get a final at Harker, though. I don't think they can be stopped from doing that unless Stockton turn around and beat them outright, and something remarkable happens. But I think it's pretty safe to say West will finish minor premiers. Stockton playing pretty good cricket of late. This will be a really good test for my boys. Um, we played West in a one day earlier in the year, and and didn't have a great day out. West were great, so I'm sure that everybody will be just tuning himself up. Stockton will have one eye on at four and be very, and it'd be great to see my boys get in there and make a score and put some West under some pressure. Because quite frankly, Dan. Um, Wests have been playing pretty comfortable cricket of late. Is that a fair statement?
1: Yes, it is. And it happened last year. And you know, I think you'll remember they got a sort of yes action leading into the semis again last year and um, lost a couple in a row. At least lost the last week. They might have lost the last two weeks, I think. Um, um, and then obviously didn't play the semi. And and look, I, I, I think Stockton are a massive chance of this going, to be honest. Um, they've played hard cricket the last few weeks. They've got hardened cricketers as well. Guys who have played a hell of a lot of cricket in the last month. I'm talking to your Fosters and your Ginnans um, and those guys. Um, you know, Jeff. Jeff must have had eight digs in the last three weeks, I reckon. So, um, you know, and he and he's really missed out. So he he's a he's a massive player in this. I, I actually think that Stockton can roll, to be honest with you.
0: Newcastle City and Hamwicks play at Learmonth. It's Newcastle City just on the edge and struggling. Hamwicks. Hamwicks have actually got a simple task. They win both games, and I reckon they're home. And um, big game. Hamilton-Wickham starting to get going. Still one or two questions about their top order. But when Matt and Sam put on 100 runs between them out of 179, and if they start to take flight, that makes it a whole different thing. And remember, Reese Hanlon is the form batsman in all of Newcastle. Jack Hardigan's coming back from a lot of cricket mm. in the last couple of weeks, including playing in the United State Challenge at Campbelltown. And Ben Bulcombe's still a very, very fine representative keeper. So, look, I think Hamwick's a favourite there. City's struggling a bit. I think they'll be missing a few again. And I think Hamwick's will make the very short trip across the Limonth. I think they'll take care of business there.
1: I think you're right too. I think Sam come off a very, just very quickly, Sam come off a very short run against us. Um, and I know Matt actually bowled, I think he, he probably bowled four or five overs against us, which is by far the most he's bowled this year. He's got a, a really, really bad right shoulder. Yeah. Um, so both of them bowling and obviously doing what they did with the bat, like you said, they're a completely different team and they can back up, you know, your Hardigans and, and your Hanlon's, um in that top order. So, yeah, look out. And, and the way that City are travelling, look out. Hammocks, the Hammock Steamrollers
0: kicking over. Um, Bartlett, Labasse and, uh, um, and not have been pretty tidy for them this year as well with the ball. Yeah. Charlestown and uni is a massive game. Um, this, I think this is the game um, people find for this strange given that Stockton and West is one and two. I actually think this is the game of the round. This is a very difficult game to predict. Though, unfortunately, the forecast, again, would you believe, is not great. But I think this is a phenomenal game. Um, I had a message from a, a Charlestown colleague who I won't, won't name who said that he reckons at uni I'll be worried about Daniel Chillingworth. And um, watching Chile play for Lake Mac and for Newcastle on Sunday, which we will talk about in a minute. I just think this game's got so many permutations. If uni put their best strength side in it, they're they're at least a 50% chance. Charles Charlestown will be playing great, great cricket. Uni's quicks, I think, shade Charlestown's, but Charlestown spinners chase shade uni's. And it's a matter of, I think, who can get a reasonable score. And well, obviously David, yeah. but I think if whoever bets first that can put a lot of pressure on. This is hard to pick. Where are you at with it, Dan?
1: Well, it just depends which uni turns up on I think, Dave. They're just so unpredictable. Their bad's terrible and their good is outstanding. And there doesn't seem to be a hell of a lot in between. Um, so, you know, if I was to have to have a bet, I would have to put my money on Sam for the simple fact that they're, um, uh, they just don't have that massive um, swing between what their good and their bad is, you know? Um, But if uni turn up and do what they've done, you know, sporadically during the year, you know, if Harriet goes off again or if Gorthrop goes off again, well then, you know, anything can happen. But I just think that Charlestown have been really steady um, all year, and you know, I I just think that they might just have enough for them. And I think whoever loses this, to be honest, Dave, probably is out.
0: It's a massive game, and the one player that we haven't spoken much about, who is due for a decent score, is Nathan Hudson. He's been getting wickets, but he's also due for a score. And I know that he's determined. And speaking of the weekend, good fella, the little man. And uh, he was there helping out on, on Monday, actually, for, for Lake Mac. Waratah Mayfield and Belmont play at Waratah. Um, This is actually a hard game to pick because Belmont have been vastly improved. Um, I've been impressed with Lachlan Taylor this year. I think he's come on quite a lot as a as a, as a genuine off-spin bowler. He's not an arm bowler. He does put his shoulder in. I think he's actually playing good cricket. Um, Josh Claridge is starting to get runs in the second half you he struggled in the first. And Belmont, their young blokes are going well. Burke, Claridge, Urquhart, Gillard. Um, tough game to pick. Perhaps Waratah only because they're at home. That's all I can think of.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably enough to, for me to sway towards them. Um, but, yeah, the, the, both sides have been, you know, a little bit inconsistent as well, I think it'd be fair to say. But, yeah, Waratah at home, I think, should get the chocolates.
0: And I think Toronto uh, will be glad when the season's over. To be quite fr- they've had a tough year. I think Walls End will fix them up out there at JR on Hill. I, I don't, I can't see much else than that happening, unless someone decide, like Brown or someone, did, or Summers decide to really turn it on and strike hard. But I think that end are clear favourites there. If
1: they're going to win, one,
0: they'll win this one, won't they? Because Walls yep. end are not much trouble, man. Ladies and gents, Dan Proudman's um. Scored five games for Newcastle in his representative scoring career, the Newcastle's own side. And he's the lucky charm. Newcastle, they've won them all. But Dan, what a game of cricket we witnessed on a juicy Bradman Oval deck on Sunday. Newcastle 151 in the state championship final, defeating the ACT Southern District's 149 in one of the best games I have ever seen. I know you've seen a couple of wonderful grand finals, the one I hark back to, that Hamwicks Merriweather game. But what... I'd, I'd rather turn over to you and let, let get your. I've got my own opinions, on it. what did you think of the game? And what did you see? And, and I'm I'm I'll open up and saying wasn't it? It was a fabulous game of cricket.
1: Oh, it was just wonderful. It was wonderful from the start, and um, you know it's amazing how many times these these games that aren't high scoring are just absolute crackers. You know, um, there must have been four or five significant turns in. Um, uh, the way that who was who was favourite and who wasn't. Um, it just, it was, it was absolute cracking game of cricket. And I reckon every single one of those 13 Newcastle guys at some stage did something significant to actually move that momentum a little bit themselves. Almost every single one of those 13, whether it was a, a catch on the boundary, a, a screamer, whether it was a run out, and we can talk about all those shortly, I know. Um, but almost every single one of those 13 did something at some point over that hundred over game to actually change, to move the momentum back towards Newcastle. It was an absolute belter of a game.
0: Um, ladies and gentlemen, the, the, the pe- when we got to Bradburn Oval, it was wet, it had rained overnight in Barrel and the, the curator and the ground manager told us that the pitch was underprepared because it had a lot of rain. That was true. The pitch was up and down. It seemed all over the place. Usually Bradman Oval is a low pitch, a uh, low and flat that can actually keep a bit low batting second. Not on Saturday. It moved all over the place. And if you're looking at for where the game was won, there are so many facets. But the Newcastle top order making 16, 24, 28 and 53 has a fair bit to do with it. When you consider what the ACT top order did and their top order went 23, 1, 5, 0, 12, 3, 9, so maybe that had something to do with it. Aaron Wivell played – I've watched Aaron Wivell play a lot of cricket now, um, Dan. That is by far the best innings I think he has ever played. He featured on some a couple of uh, sh- uh, full tosses and short balls and spinners. And for the rest of the innings, just pushed the ball around. His footwork was excellent. And he was the only player in the match to make 53. In fact, he won the Mark Curry medal as the best player on the field. His innings was unbelievably good on a difficult pitch.
1: Oh, extraordinary! He calls himself a blocker now. He says he doesn't pongo the ball anymore. He's calling himself a blocker. That's what he was saying on the way home in the car on the way for the old four hours too. i might add.
0: Uh, <laughs> Gee, I find that surprising, knowing the great man himself. But it was an extraordinary, an extraordinary innings because he he sort of had to go up and down the gears a couple of times, didn't he,
1: Dave? Um, Newcastle lost wickets in clumps a few times. He when he was batting with um, with Jeff Ginnin and. They were really stunned. I mean, they were going at five and over at the start of the innings. I think they were maybe two for 50 off 10, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, And then when Jeff got out, and then I think we lost three for one in six balls. Um, Cahill, Chad and Hudson all gone um, in six balls. Um, All of a sudden, his whole game had to change. And that's exactly what he did. I actually find it surprising that he really still only faced 56 rocks for the whole innings. I mean, he, he batted through and he, he was out there for 30 overs, so that's 180 balls, and he faced 56 of them for 53 not out. It, it's, it's quite extraordinary when you think about it like that. But, yeah, an absolute wonderful innings, a couple of big bombs, but the way he, he moved that ball around, especially in, 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 under significant duress, like I said, Newcastle lost clumps of wickets twice, um, and he dug Newcastle
0: out of the hole twice. Okay, so Newcastle were two for one hundred and two, all out one hundred and fifty-one. And the man that changed the whole impetus of the game was the ACT Southern Districts opening bowler Hanno Jacobs, who was brilliant. Dan, he was superb. Good. Four for twenty-six off nine nine overs. Joe Slater cleaned up the tail, four for 35 off nine. But Jacobs, who had just come off playing second 11 for New South Wales Country ACT, uh, Alexandra Park in Albury during the week. Damn, he, his second spell was absolutely superb. Knocked over wickets, took two wickets in and over and just completely changed the structure of the game. Newcastle were flying and then Jacobs came in, imposed his will on the game. And I just think his spe- spell must be mentioned if we're gonna do a podcast about the game. I thought he was brilliant.
1: Oh well that, that over that over where he gets um Kahill and Arms changes the uh Cale and Arms, Cahill and Chad, you know, changed the game, changed the innings straight away. Like you said, Newcastle were, were going well. Jeff Ginnin holds out at mid off, you know, and things changed a little bit and then bang bang really quickly. Um uh, yeah, he was outstanding. And I thought um young McGurk bowled quite well as well.
0: Um, he's good, isn't he? The, 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 he's a he's a talented off spinner. He's not an arm bowler. He puts no. his he gets a lot on the ball.
1: Uh, oh, he was. I mean, we were where we happened to be sitting. We were just about right behind his his left shoulder there, so you could see how far he was actually spinning it, and it was a quick spin too. It was a bouncy spin, and yep. very very hard to get away. And once that ball got a little bit soft, and I think with that outfield that was a little bit cushy, um, it they definitely slowed the run rate. Like we said, we were, they were going. Five and over after 10, and looked like you know 250, 300 might have been a sniff. Um, and really um, you know, 150 they got there, but you know, obviously didn't bat out the last. I think I think they about, about 42 overs, David. From
0: both teams didn't get past the 43rd over. They almost have Newcastle 42.4 overs and ACT Southern Districts 42.2. So and then we came to the ACT Southern District's inning, chasing 152 on a pitch with a lot in it and a bit of a squishy outfield that got dry as the day went along. And I've been wanting to see this bloke bowl uh, for quite a long time. I've heard many things about him playing for New South Wales Country many years ago in Bundaberg. But Josh Bennett, his first six overs went three for 10. I think he had seven overs, three for 13. Dan, he was fiery, quick, aggressive, chirpy and... He just imposed his will. He said, I am not going to stand down to these blokes. And I thought he was absolutely brilliant. That opening spell was as fiery as I'd seen.
1: I went and tapped him on the shoulder before they went out, Dave. And he's such a lovely, warm, welcoming bloke, Josh. Affable, yep. And affable is the right, correct term. And I looked at him and his eyes were that steely. I went, oh, something's going to go on here. And um, he knew what he had to do. And when you hear someone like Brad Alvis say that's possibly the best um, spell of bowling that he has ever seen that sort of gives the, the audience an idea of how good that actually was that through 31 off 10 it was unbelievable it, it was fiery um, it was extremely he bowled just short every time he just hit just short of a length they had no idea what was happening um, he must have missed the. he must have beaten the bat a dozen times I think Dave.
0: Um, moved it both ways off the deck
1: yep yeah, absolutely one of the great, uh, one of the great spells I've seen, and when you hear someone like Brad Alder say it's the best he's seen, that's 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 good enough for me.
0: And Brad Alder's has seen some pretty decent spells because he's played a lot of good cricket himself, produced some great spells, and played with a lot of very fine cricketers. Um, and he's also played in grand finals where Jerry Price has bowled thirty-six overs and taken four front, things like that. So that's a big statement. Yeah. So I, Newcastle really did well early. Um, To the extent that ACT was seven for ACT Southern District seven for sixty nine and eight for eighty eight and at eight for eighty eight, the general feeling was, "What's going to happen here? Is this going to be over quickly? Is it not?" So, eight, nine, and ten made nineteen forty two and nineteen. So, Ethan Bell nineteen, Ethan Fitzpatrick sorry Eric Bell nineteen, Ethan Fitzpatrick forty two, Joe Slater a very gutsy nineteen, and Finn McGurk was the last man left four not out. So, ACT worked their way through a superb knock by Vince Patrick. I would very much doubt he's played a better knock than that. Forty-two off sixty-one with four and one. Excuse me, but we'll come back to Bell in a minute. So they were when Bell got out, run out, and it was an extraordinary run out. He hit a ball to uh, long off. Nathan Hudson got the ball about half a meter inside the marker cones, and Jack Hardy ran across and threw the ball from the. Side screen to Ben Balcom on the fly. Balcom had the smarts to stand in front of the stumps and they ran Bell out running for a th- coming back from a from a third dam. It was an it was amazing moment. the throw was a, ridiculous. It
1: must have been 65, 70 meter throw. It was oh, eighty.
0: Uh, it was ridiculous.
1: And it couldn't have been any better at a time where, like you said, they were eight for eighty-eight and it looked like it was all done and dusted. And then Bell and Slater, uh Bill and Fitzpatrick started going and um and you thought, wow. This is uh, this significant here, but yeah, it, a, a unbelievable run out from from Jack Hardigan. And again, like I said, it's those. And I, I know that um, Shane Burley, the Newcastle coach, has just been instilling into these guys for years now that little one percent is winning these games. Um, that one of Nathan Hudson diving and stopping that ball. That one percent of Jack Hardigan running to to help his mate out, pick up the ball, and yep. put it straight over the bowler to Benny Borkham, Another twenty two yards. And uh, next, right next to the stumps, then he runs the old mate out and the game's on again.
0: Amazing. Remarkable. Remarkable run out. So then Slater and Fitzpatrick put on a superb partnership of 49 runs and Aidan Cahill comes back. So Aidan Cahill comes back in the attack. He's already got two for He's knocked over Leedham and knocked over Jacobs. And out. And the uh, ball's pretty much a shorter length ball and Slater hoicks it, a pull shot to... Deep forward square. Jeremy Noonan's out there, and if you've ever seen Jeremy Noonan, he's built like a whippet and he's pretty quick on his feet. Yeah. He ran in flying at full tilt and took a ball two inches off the ground in midair, diving for the ball. It was a ridiculous catch at 8 for 137. Prado.
1: So, and just to put it in complete perspective, five or six minutes earlier, he probably misjudged one, um, yep. which went for four, you know. and. An 18 year old kid, you'd almost forgive him for sort of dropping the shoulders and dropping the head a little bit, but not Jeremy Noonan. As soon as he sees the ball next time coming towards him, he, like you said, ball, dives full tilt forward to get it a couple of inches off the ground, changes the game again. Another one percenter that Shane Burley talks about all the, game, uh, all the time. Jeremy Noonan there, bang, another wicket, and, and Newcastle are back in it because at that stage they were, what, eight for 100 and
0: 37 and could have got them in singles. Easy. There was so yep. much time left. And yep. you and Danny's right. Chain Burley always talks about just the little things, the little attention to detail. That there's very few other sides in the in this in the zones that would have gotten near those two dismissals. ACT might have, to be fair, because they're a very good cricket side. Very good. Yep. Um, anyway, so we're talking one percenters. So in comes Finn McGurk and Ethan Fitzpatrick have got all day, basically. They've got 12 or 13 overs to get 15 runs. And they're cruising along Fitzpatrick, um, doing it quite easily, driving and pulling. And he played a lovely drive, square drive um, off, I think it might have been Jeremy Noonan, actually, uh, right near the death. And then Jeremy Noonan's bowling to Fitzpatrick and Jeremy, if you've ever seen him bowl, occasionally he's a little bit way, but he's gangly and his arms and legs fly all over the place like a praying mantis. And he's let one go full outside leg stump and it actually swung and went further outside leg stump. Ben Balcombe's gone two steps laterally and then dived full length. Now, if you've ever been at Brabham Oval, they needed five runs to win when this ball was bowled. If you've ever been to Brabham the short boundaries are roughly the same distance as Eden Park in Auckland. They're not very long. I reckon I could hit a 16. <laughs> anyway, Ben Balcom has dived to his left after a couple, a lateral step and don't know how he did it, save five wides and save the game. It's as simple as that and kept that to one wide. Is that an unfair appraisal of what actually happened, Dan?
1: No, that's 100% correct. The ball was actually coming directly towards me, directly towards me, and I thought it was five wides. The whole ACT side thought it was five wides because they all got out, out of their seat at the same time. The ball was behind him too, by the looks of it. So yep. he took two steps, dived as far as he could and got it behind him and not just in his fingertips, but in the centre of his glove because the fingertips still wouldn't have been enough. It still would have gone for five wides.
0: And it's on live body. streaming. If you go and look at the replay, you can actually see it because the kid's perfectly viewed on the camera.
1: Yep, yep. Saves it to, to one instead of five. And Newcastle is still in it. Extra- just a, a, another extraordinary little moment.
0: So they get another single and it's 149. On comes Aidan Cahill from the Southern, or de- the, where the scorers are the score in. By the way, Dan got to score with a first-class score on the weekend, Puna Kid, who is lovely, isn't she, Dan? Big yeah. cheerio to Puna.
1: I, I, I could have stopped whistling Puna Collada the song,
0: once I met her. But uh, yeah, she's lovely. She's lovely. And a very good scorer. Anyway, um, First ball of the over, Aiden Cahill actually bowled a little bit too full, and Fitzpatrick decided to push it down back down the pitch. Because remember, everybody, they didn't need to take a risk. Not one risk. They could get them in singles. They're 149, needing three. Yep. The next ball, and if you I've watched this 30 times on live streaming, if you know me, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not actually joking. No, if you know me, I'm pretty idle about these things. I've watched it 30 times. And Aiden Cahill bowls an absolute snorter, short of a length. And it spat out of the pitch and Fitzpatrick could get I could only get a, a, a schnick off to it. I think it might have been a glove. you could hear it so that's why I'm not sure if it's glove or the splice. Ben Balcom takes a comfortable catch. and Newcastle win the New South Wales Country Championships by two runs. The most remarkable sequence of events. Dan your thoughts on the, on, on the dismissal and, and, and that, that innings overall and, and what the win was like.
1: Um Aiden said after the game that he didn't think the ball did that much. And I think he was just being modest. Um, he was. It, it was a fantastic, fantastic delivery. Um, Kieran Knight, the, the, um, the umpire, actually said to me later that it was fantastic that the game finished that way because he said it was a significant nick. No one had to worry about it. There wasn't going to be a dodgy LB or a runner or anything like that. So he was happy. There was definitely a significant, significant edge and as we know, Aiden is South African born, and he roared like a lion, didn't he? When he uh, when he took that wicket, roared like a lion. Um, extraordinary finish to the game, um, and yeah, uh, and you, you just felt so bad too for for young Fitzpatrick who had done so much and dragged ACT yep. back into that game, and you could just see how dumbfounded he was. Um, he couldn't even actually walk off. He walked a square leg and just yeah did He's own there for a little while because he was just so gutted that he'd done so much and and fallen you know
0: two runs short And the first person to shake his the first two people to shake his hands were nick foster and daniel chillingworth both of them are pretty good sports uh, daniel Chillingworth, i might add t- three one for 30 out of 10 he was uh, excellent as well did a very good job with his leggies. look go and watch the end of the game if you get a chance on live It's still there it'll be there for in perpetuity go and watch it. if it's just the most amazing sequence A remarkable, um, Newcastle winning three championships in a row. Dan, um, I've just seen it tonight, has got his medal there, which is great to see. And again, Dan Proudman's scored five games for Newcastle at zone level and Newcastle's won them all. So he's definitely the lucky charm. But three wins in a row to Newcastle. That hasn't been done for a long time, Dan, uh, against a very, very, they're clearly the best two sides in the state. They are clearly the best two sides. Um, your thoughts on AC? I'm not trying to be magnanimous. I thought, think they're a very good, well-drilled, efficient, disciplined cricket side. Is, is that all fair?
1: No, I, I agree completely. I, I don't want to um, be, be critical of any of the other sides, but after seeing what was in that in, in the north zone, the northern zone um, at Terrigal a few weeks ago, they were definitely better than those other three sides. I think. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'd imagine that, and I saw Riverina obviously last year, and they were better than them. So. Um, they should hold their, their heads high. And just quickly, I, I know we sort of mentioned Chillingworth, but that 10-over that, that spell for him was outstanding. And what I loved it too at the end was that there was two 18-year-olds who, instead of running away from the ball, told the skipper, give me the ball and I'll bowl. And, you know, when he got Noonan and, and Cahill, who were happy to to grab the ball when uh, you know, at right at the death, um, you know, it says a hell of a lot for both those boys. And, um, and the whole culture that um, that Nick Foster and, and Shane Burley and yourself have uh, have created over the last few years in this in this squad, um, I think the culture actually got them home just as much as their ability. To be honest with you, mate.
0: I am privileged to have been around people like Nick Foster and Shane Burley. It's um, helped me become a, a better person, have a better understanding of what elite cricket minds and um, the, and what a culture is like, Dan. Um, you come from a club that I think one of the best things about, whether people like or dislike Merriweather, no one can say that they have a black club culture because they don't. Mm. And you know what that's like from the inside out. Now you're very much a, a pillar and a part of our Newcastle structure. And it is, I'm Dan, Dan and I were sitting there on the edge of the change rooms watching the guys having cigars and scotch on the end of it all, just sitting back, absorbing it in. And we've both been around sports clubs enough to know how much it meant to us. It means the world to me. And I know it does to you. Um, congratulations on on, on winning a, a medal and being part again uh, of a of a championship winning side. Well done, mate! And it's fantastic to to have you on board as our scorer. It really is. I know we're on our own podcast, and people are hearing this, but I want them to know that I'm genuine.
1: Yeah, thanks, Dave. Yeah, it was a privilege to be part of it. Just to 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 see how the the, the guys play, and, and and that that level of cricket is a really really strong strong um, level of cricket. Um, they should be very proud of themselves.
0: Absolutely, I think so. Um, look, what I'm what I'm going to do um, just quickly uh, is just quickly mention the uh, Plan B regional bash that was played. This has been a long potty so far, but Lake Mac played first on these on the Monday morning, made 204 off 20 overs, an unbelievable performance. 140 odd between Armsy and Dylan Hunter, who came in as a rather handy marquee. Daniel Proudman, uh, <laughs> Daniel Arms 68 and uh, Dylan Hunter 84. And the Northern Inland Boulders could only muster up 95. Dan Chillingworth in the middle of a great day, 3 for 16. And Daniel Bailey, 3 for 8. So Lake Mac, Lake Mac, Dan, got to qualify for the final. And they came up against, you wouldn't believe it, they came up against ACT with 11 of the same guys. And uh, ACT, a very good T20 side. I had the privilege of watching the whole game. I didn't see the first game. ACT Aces made, uh, they were flying, they made 746 um, that, there was a swathe cut through by Dan Chillingworth in the middle order but Josh Daines and Mark Solway who didn't play on Sunday made 33 and 24 respectively Dan Chillingworth having a great day 3 for 10 so 6 for 27 6 for 26 for Dan Chillingworth in 8 overs is superb mm. uh, Jeremy Noonan took 2 for and then in reply Lake Mac started off very very well Daniel um, Arms 40, Dylan Hunter 28 but it fell away after that only Jack Hardigan, Adrian Chad made double figures they ended up 5 for 113 with an excellent bowling performance from Lake Mac uh, sorry, from um, from ACTA, so Scott Moon a 2 for 16 bowling, uh, death slow balls that just died and Finn McGurk who we spoke about won the best player on the ground 3 for 16, so a pretty decent performance from Lake Mac but ACTA is too good in the long run after a flyer of a start but it was great to watch Jalen Chillingworth, And on that SCG pitch, it was doing a bit. He was superb, Dan. But congratulations to Lake Mac for once again making the grand final. Yeah, they
1: have just dirty. They stumbled at that final hurdle twice. Yep. But, um, you know, it's, it's an enormous effort to get there um, in the first place. Um, so, yeah, congratulations to them. Um, another big weekend for Dan Arms too. He was so unlucky on Sunday. I think he got the only ball that didn't bounce on Sunday.
0: Um well, that's exactly the same thing that happened to him on day three at Tugra. Yeah, the exact it was his exact same ball, basically right arm around the wicket, going about ankle height. If any of you have ever seen the footage of uh, watching Curtly Ambrose bowl Greg it on that ten that Test match in Perth and the cracks, just re- just re- reenact that as a left hander. Arms he's topped it twice. He was looking good. too. Geez, his footwork and he's so compact at the moment. Dan yeah. Armsey, um, and there'll be a lot of that Newcastle plays being considered for the New South Wales countryside. Not going to mention names. I don't know who's been to. I've got no idea. Um, but, um, yeah, look, let's just wish, I hope that we get... I, I'm pretty confident I know who the captain of the New South Wales countryside, I believe, but after, after that, um, and I would hope that Josh Bennett certainly gets considered after an absolutely unbelievable spell on Sunday, Dan. It was your, your analysis of that, and particularly the comments from Brad Aldis, who, um, when he's not joking around, he's actually... Pretty good company and a pretty smart bloke. Yep. Dan, well, thank you so much for your time. It's been a long podcast tonight. I'll, uh, but it's been worth it. There was so much to talk about. Massive weekend of cricket. I just hope the weather racks off and we get ninety overs on Saturday. That, that's my concern.
1: That's all we want, isn't it? We just want a level, a level playing field for the last four weeks and uh, well, the last eight weeks really, when you consider the finals. And the,
0: uh, yeah, so fingers crossed we get on, mate. Indeed. I'll have to keep an eye on live scoring. I've got to work this Sunday. We're a bit, Saturday, we're a bit short of, of staff. So I'm doing a 12-hour split on Saturday. So I'll be watching live scoring very closely and keeping a close eye on all scores. Good luck to whether on the weekend, mate. Hope things go well. Thanks, Dave. On behalf of Dan Proudman, this is David Redden. It's been our pleasure bringing this podcast. It was a pretty momentous weekend of cricket. And again, Newcastle, the champions of New South Wales for the third time in a row. ACT Dishes, ACT you were superb. You put on one of the best games of cricket I think we've ever seen. Uh, Dan, thanks, mate. Take care. I'll see you next week, yeah? Good on you, mate. Cheers. On behalf of Dan Proudman, this is Redders. You look after yourself. Love you all. We'll see you all very, very soon.